My team and I recently released GreenPath's Learning Lab, featuring online courses and tools. It's free and easy to use. Visit GreenPath's Learning Lab by going to www.greenpath.com slash learning lab. GreenPath believes everyone deserves a chance to pursue their dreams. Take the first step towards yours. One day, my power was turned off. I came home and my power was turned off because my electric bill was past due. And at the same time, I was drowning in credit card debt. I had a car payment. Um, all of the walls were closing in. And I just realized if I keep doing the things that I'm doing, this situation isn't going to change. Things aren't going to get better. And I just need to swallow my pride and see what you guys have to offer. So I was very floored by how empathetic Green Path was and um, the options I've had. And, you know, that now has been almost four years and I'm kind of coming up on the closing end of it. And it just seems like a, a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Um, but that first time, it was a hard phone call to make. I'm not gonna lie. It was hard to swallow my pride. Welcome to episode 17 of Real Stories, Journeys of Financial Wellness. I'm your host, Crystal Lukazima. Today's story features Liz. When she first entered the working world after college, Liz's lifestyle contributed to an increasing debt load. Eventually, she found her way to Green Path, but she wasn't ready to make major changes to how her finances were handled. Sometime later, her pride took a hit when her electricity was cut off. This motivated her to seek out Green Path's support again, but this time she was ready for a new approach. Let's meet Liz. Hi, Liz. Welcome to Real Stories. Thanks for joining us today. Um, I always like to start with the past so that we can kind of see how that shapes how, how someone grew up with with money and so um what was it like for you growing up when it came to money well my dad is a farmer and he's always believed and if you can't pay cash for it you don't need it which you know growing up in the age of the internet when you saw all the latest trends and all the cool new technology i kind of like abandoned that mentality as soon as i possibly could i got a credit card at 18 to get all the fancy new clothes um, then I went to school and I got a job and kept buying things and trying new things. And it kind of just, that's where it started at 18. And it went for a lot longer than I would have liked it to go on for. Yeah. And to that end, like, can you take me back to what your mindset was even like post-college? Like, where were you at that point uh, when you were entering the the working world and kind of what your approach and mindset was to money at that point? So I, at the point of graduating college and, and moving out, I actually moved across the country. So credit cards helped 
achieves that. Um, you know, I kind of leverage credit cards to get through my daily expenses for groceries, for gas. And then, you know, at the end of the month, as long as I made that minimum payment, it was everything was fine in my eyes at that point in time. I was making my payments using my cards. Um, but, you know, after after a couple months of that behavior, it started to get a little suffocating. Can you tell me about what what that meant for you, like both in terms of the feeling and, and just how you might have reacted to that feeling of suffocation? Yeah, there were times when I made some terrible decisions. Like I decided, well, if I overdraft my checking account to make a payment on my credit card, I'll have a $35 fee to spend 200. So it was getting into a really, just a terrible way of dealing with money. It was very short-term thinking where, you know, as long as I could get to Friday, then I was good. But, you know, it, it came to a point where like, well, there's not, you're not really paying off anything other than interest. And that that gap between available credit and uh, your balance is just continuously getting to be smaller and smaller. And in between there, I, I imagine myself swimming between water rising and a ceiling that was coming up. So it got to be quite intense. Um, one of the triggering um, moments of this was I remember my vehicle broke down on the side of the road and I didn't have enough money to pay for it. Um, I had to leverage, I had to ask my boyfriend if he could lend me $300 so I could get a water pump and get back on the road. Cause I was, I was commuting too far. I, it was kind of a perfect culmination of things like a job too far away that I didn't like that didn't pay the bills. Um, yeah, it was, it was a mess. How, how did you view money at the time when it came to spending on anything from like your discretionary spending, like dining out or clothes or entertainment or just, you know, and, and how kind of fitting into the, to the work world may have played into that. Yeah. Um, well, I'll start off with, I didn't know how to cook. I do now. That's one thing the pandemic has, has really helped me out with this is cooking and, and controlling those food expenses. But even just, you know, transitioning from wearing khakis and a, you know, a polo t-shirt to work transition to, you know, nice dress pants, nice dress shoes that are comfortable, which I feel like those are so much more expensive dress shoes that actually are comfortable. Um, so I, I found myself again, leveraging credit to achieve those objectives of, you know, appearing professional in my working life. Um, other things that I'd spend a lot of was gas. I, I love to drive and see friends. And at this time I was living in the East coast and trying to explore as much of the area as possible and kind of just driving around wherever I could whenever I had free time. So it sounds like how things played out financially came with a lot of stress. As you think back to how your, your money was spent uh, as you entered the working world in your early to mid-20s, um, I, I know you, you, you talked about that sometimes this would cause stress when it came to credit card debt accumulation or other interest and fees and things like that. Were there expenses that, although they, they may have affected things, that you um, really would, would still do exactly the same uh, because they, they still had other positive uh, impacts on your life? I hate to say this, but no. Like, I was really, really bad with money. Um, I'd spend money on depreciating assets. So, like, things like clothes, you know, um, my habits switched huge once I got my head screwed on straight 
like I shop basically at thrift stores now. And cause I know I can get cashmere wool, whatever kind of sweaters I want for $4.99 as opposed to $79.99. So um, I kind of looked at money as in the most materialistic way. And now I, I see it more as just like, this is what it takes to feed yourself and to, you know, own a home, uh, own a vehicle. I own, I own a paid off vehicle now. And that was something I would have never had 10 years ago. I always loved having the car payment for some, some sickening reason, but um, I, I don't think I really made a lot of really good financial decisions. Other, there is one actually though. Um, I did start a 401k. I had kind of avoided that most of my youth, but you know, in those jobs, you're working part-time retail. But by the time I got to be in my full-time career, I did start a 401k and make that positive decision. So that is one thing I would not regret now. Yeah, especially starting a retirement account at an early age, it ideally gives it a chance to accumulate a lot more. Yeah. I know in our previous conversations, you had mentioned that you actually ended up reaching out to Green Path a couple of times. So my understanding is you talked to us, had a session with us once, didn't necessarily take any uh, long-term action at that point. So just starting with that experience, I was wondering if you could describe that experience, what may have prompted you to reach out to us and what was your reaction to that first experience? Sure. So, I mean, I didn't know about Green Path. Um, there was a lady at my credit union who had recommended Green Path as a tool to pay off credit card debt rather than personal loans. And it was something that um, I kind of put in my back pocket and just kind of like remembered. Um, and then one day my power was turned off. I came home and my power was turned off because my electric bill was past due. And at the same time I was drowning in credit card debt. I had a car payment. Um, all of the walls were closing in. And I just realized if I keep doing the things that I'm doing, this situation isn't going to change. Things aren't going to get better. And I just need to swallow my pride and see what you guys have to offer. So I was very floored by how empathetic you guys were, how, green, how empathetic Green Path was and um, the options I've had. And, you know, that now has been almost four years and I'm kind of coming up on the closing end of it. And it just seems like a, a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Um, but that first time, it was a hard phone call to make. I'm not gonna lie. It was hard to swallow my pride. So it was hard to even make that phone call. And then what, what do you remember as far as your reaction to the advice that was given? Like, was a debt management plan recommended at the time when you first reached out to us? So yes, it, yeah, yeah. it was scary because I had gotten used to these terrible habits with my credit cards, knowing how to leverage them, that taking that away meant that I had to be more responsible with all the other money that wasn't being paid towards credit cards. So it kind of, it made me have to step back from my lifestyle. And I'm not going to lie. I was a Yelp elite. So I was in the inner circle of people who reviewed businesses, but being in that role had made me more apt to spend money dining out more, go out more often. 
and then, you know, brag about it more often. So it was kind of like a, just a circle of, you know, spend money that you didn't need to spend just to get reviews, to stay in the club. So even things like that, um, I let go because I kind of saw what it was doing to my financial situation. So, so really it's just, you, you knew something needed to change at the time, but as you learned how you might eventually get out of debt, at least one option, which was presented, which was this formal payment plan. Um, I know one of the components of it was that uh, for the most part, the car, at least the cards on the program close, can't make new purchases. Was that something that was just like, I'm not ready for it yet? Or were there other, other features that you're like, did work? That was scary because I think that had been presented to me at a younger age when I was not so in debt by that same credit union lady. Um, and I just thought, you know, I was thinking purely in terms of what is my credit score right now? What will happen to my credit score if I do, if I close a card? Because I knew that I had negative credit impact. But then I started thinking about credit more like it should be thought of in my mind. Like, well, was I planning any major purchases? No. Was I going to need a car in the next year? No. So I kind of thought if I could take a hit now to be better, like substantially better in the future, is that worth it? It was definitely a balancing act. And, you know, in the short term, my credit did suffer a little. But again, I had known that I didn't have any major purchases planned. Um, I had food on my in my fridge. You know, I had my electric on. You know, I, I had all those basic needs met and I just didn't see credit as the driving force of my identity anymore. Because, I mean, I think in the back of our heads, collectively, it's, it's always on our mind. You know, we get ads for credit monitoring, credit this, credit, credit, credit. And then I realized, well, you know, I don't have to opt into the system like, like I had been. You know, it, it doesn't have to be all about your identity isn't your credit score, you know, and I, I let, I let that sink into, to the way I spend money, essentially, just let that mentality kind of run my life a little more than I had ever in the past. So it sounds like it was sort of like an evolution in kind of your mindset with regards to credit, as you said, and spending and that kind of thing. Um, was, you mentioned the, the power getting shut off, was that what caused you to call the first time or the second time, basically? That was the second time. That was the second time. That was a swallow your pride kind of moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of the kind of the, the tipping point in a sense of of doing that. And then um, yeah, that's interesting. Do, do you remember like so like I guess the first time you had reached out, it was just more from a curiosity, I want to check this out, but was the urgency just not not the same initially would you say or I think it was my pride that was holding me back the first time because you know if I look at it now had I started back on that first call I would have been paid off probably three years now and just banking up money during you know the past couple years but um regardless of the fact I waited I'm still happy that I I did on that second time I think I, I needed to let my pride kind of crumble and fall around me a little bit and yeah, the power getting shut off uh, did just that. So as you were calling back the second time, you alluded to, you, you did end up going on a debt management plan of which you're still on now, but almost finished. Congratulations, uh, coming up soon there. 
Um, but, but going back to the beginning of the program, I know that can be an adjustment for people on a number of fronts. As we said, the account's getting closed. Um, it's not instantaneous that the payment arrangements get set up. Um, so what do you remember as far as what you thought the debt management plan was going to be like and then versus what it was actually like? You know, I'm not even sure what I thought it would be like. I thought it would be like, I would be suffering almost like this is going to be really hard. Like I'm going to have these, you know, this monthly payment coming out and it's been anything but that. It's just been kind of like nice to not have to go on to six different creditors websites and pay six different bills for six minimum payments, you know, and that that's where I was at. I had all these cards that were maxed out or on their way to being maxed out with high interest rates. So the best way I can, you know, compare it to is like, I was like stuck in mud, you know, spinning my wheels, trying to get forward, but moving nowhere. So it was kind of cool. And then, you know, the online tracker kind of lets you know, like, oh, the bar is moving. So I'm, I'm paying more stuff off. This is great. So it was kind of nice to see everything in one spot, as opposed to, you know, maintaining, you know, all these different Excel spreadsheets. Where am I at? Where should I be? How fast can I pay it off? So it was so much more cut and dry. And one of the biggest wins was um, some of the interest rates that had gotten negotiated to be significantly less. Like I think I went from 23% to 7.99%. One card like eliminated interest. So it's funny, like when I paid those monthly payments, they actually went towards paying the card off rather than paying the, you know, the interest on the minimum payment. So I kind of started noticing and not in that, you know, it wasn't too far after I started the program, I noticed I'm making some traction. So I was digging myself out of the, the mud, I guess you could say. So it sounds like it actually, like it, it gave you some increased optimism uh, that this was going to work, that you were mm-hmm. going to get out of debt. How would you say, like, as we think of like your evolution of your money mindset, you know, your approach to spending, would you say that there were more changes before the program at the beginning, just gradually over time? How did, how did that take place? Um, that was definitely, I'd say it it kind of coincided with the program. So there was like, I'm not going to lie, I've had some major expenses since I've been on the program. Like I had to replace all four tires uh, years ago. That would have been a c- catastrophe to me. But, you know, I started being conscientious of saving e- from each paycheck, just not only for my 401k, but also just for emergency savings. So things like, you know, I've had a dental emergency. That was not a problem. Um, I planned ahead. I had the four tires. I had to replace my air conditioning. So there's all these bills that would have been huge disruptors in my life that were no longer. So I was able to plan for those things and be able to bounce back. So it wasn't like, oh, you know, new tires. I got to go open a credit card to pay for these now. I actually had through these, these, you know, developing these habits, I was able to plan for emergencies and you know larger expenses that I would have otherwise been just blown away by before the plan started. So it's it's not like you specifically set money aside for tire replacement but it sounds like you had like an emergency fund that you were able to establish. Was that hard to find the money to put aside money for savings while also 
dedicating money towards the debt. And then of course you don't have use of the cards anymore. Like, how did you get to that point? Well, I, I got, I kind of know how I operate and I kind of made some decisions to make it really hard for me to get that savings. So I ended up opening it at a bank where I didn't have, it was a credit union. I had no relationship with, I didn't have a debit card. If I wanted to withdraw, I'd have to drive to the bank, which is a huge inconvenience. So I kind of set it up. So I direct deposit and it started with something as low as $50 and now it's up to $300 a month. So it's, it's, I've shifted, you know, when I have the extra money, you know, more money goes into that savings account. Cause like right now, fun story, I'm budgeting for an air conditioner. So it just, but when it comes, I'll be ready for it. So depending on when this podcast gets released, it probably will be pretty hot in most parts of the country. But right now we're just starting the spring. So the fact that you're doing it and it was winter only like a month ago or actually a few days ago before we recorded this. Um, yeah, that's really cool to think about kind of that that future mindset there. Um, it, it, it really does sound like you, I, I love the part you shared about setting aside the money in a credit union that you have less access to at least online access, right? So it sounds like you kind of created intentional friction to, in, you know, intentionally make it hard for yourself so that you, I guess you're not tempted to deplete that on a whim. Well, I knew, I know how easy it is to transfer money these days. So it's like, I want a very out of touch bank that, uh, <laughs> that I can't do anything with. So it, it was great. I, I actually used to, it's funny, I feel like it's a little hypocritical saying this, but while I, the first time I called, I was a banker at a bank. I knew all the things to do. I knew them, but I, I exhibited the exact opposite behavior. So I would tell people to do this if they were having trouble saving, but I wasn't doing it for myself. So I backpedaled and kind of took some of my own advice. So much harder to follow our our own advice, you know, because one is like the intellectual part and the other is like all the emotions and habits and not easy, not easy. Um, so out of curiosity, like you, you mentioned uh, having unexpected events happen throughout. Was there any support? And by support, I don't mean financial support, but just even emotional or logistical support that you received from friends or family while you were paying down your debt. My friends are really great. I would tell them, sorry, guys, I can't come out to eat tonight. Like I'm, I'm on a budget. And sometimes, you know, they would just respect that. Other times they'd be like, don't worry about it. We're paying for it. So that's like, it was nice to have friends who kind of understood what I was doing and still being able to be supportive. And sometimes, you know, it's funny because now that they've done that, it's like, I'll have them over and I'll cook them meals and stuff. So it's like, it all came back to them in just, you know, different ways and stuff. But yeah, it was, it was a great way to kind of still, you know, have time with friends that maybe didn't end up being, you know, a $50 night out. Cause I mean, there was a lot of those, those nights in my past where it's like, how did I spend $50 just going to a restaurant? <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause in a sense, like that's not the experience itself. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, as far as the connection with your friends and that brings up a good point is so to, for that to take place, you had to have what many might feel are difficult conversations, mainly because money is often such a taboo subject in our culture. Um, what are your thoughts on this now? What were your thoughts on this in the past? Has, has things, has your approach to this changed? I got comfortable being vulnerable in certain things. And sometimes in order to deepen your friendships, you just need to say, look, I love you guys. 
I love going out with you, but it's not in my budget. And I hope you understand. And thankfully, I have very receptive friends. So it wasn't the easiest thing, but it's, it's again, something that um, over time, I've gotten more comfortable being, I, I, I would have never told someone my power got shut off, you know, ever. I was mortified by that. But now it's funny. I can look back and be like, well, that was my light bulb moment that what's what's working right now is not working for the long term. I love the poetry of that. The light bulb moment when the light <laughs> literally went out at that point. Um, and I'm glad that you can laugh at that because that probably wouldn't have been a funny comment some years back, I guess. <laughs> right. So you're you're at the point now where your credit card debt is is almost complete. So how do you think you're going to feel in in a month or two when your credit card debt is is paid off? Um, well, it's weird because I already feel. I know my last payment was just two days ago, so that's going to pay off the final card, and it's it's surreal right now. Um, and I anticipate it like less of that feeling of surrealness lessening over time. Um, but I've gotten into the spot where I always had a car payment. I always had credit cards. So now I'll have neither. So I, I think like, well, now I just need to attack my student loan. So it's kind of like, now I'm kind of on a path where it's like, I just kind of want to start annihilating anything out there that's holding me back. Cause I can, you know, once those student loans are gone, it'll be weird just to have a mortgage and I'm sure then I'll want to attack that too. So it's kind of geared me up like, yeah, you can pay off. I had $18,000 worth of credit card debt. And most of that was accumulated during college 10 years ago. So it's, it's kind of cool that old dead debt that's just, you know, slowly wrapping its coils around your neck is all gone. So I'm thrilled about that. What is your, you seem like you have some positive momentum that'll take you into kind of focusing on the student loan debt. Do you have any specific strategies you're, you're thinking about when it comes to paying down your student loans? Well, yes, because I've had them for, you know, since I graduated and they should rightfully be gone. I kind of want to treat them like a car payment, like have a five-year amortization schedule, kind of like work it out like that. Thankfully, over this time of being you know, since I started the program and now I, I happen to pick up some cool Excel skills. So I kind of look forward to see how I can strategize, you know, making that go away as soon as possible, which is great because I just graduated grad school and it'd be nice to have those gone by the time I'm 40. So, yeah, that's cool. It's just thinking of it like starting with a, a time frame, um, using available online calculators to figure out, OK, I want to see if I could pay this off in five years. And, it, and it's it's remarkable to think about how much the credit card plan played into this because I imagine that if you would have set out when you started that plan with us with Greenpath to say oh, I'm going to tackle the student loans and the credit cards it's it's almost can be a lot depending on the breakdown of the of the debts to do both at the same time so I imagine like you've just been putting the sort of the energy into the credit card debt and then just kind of keeping the student loans on time or, you know, whatever the case might be at this point, right? Um, have, do you, just out of curiosity, are your student loans, are they private or federal or? They're federal. They're federal. So, I'm, yeah, so I'm wondering, yeah, right, because during this time of the pandemic when since 
about the last year or so, interest has been suspended on them. Have you done anything different in that year as, as in terms of have you continued to make payments uh, or have you reallocated money towards the credit cards or how's that work? Well, since I was in grad, I just graduated grad school in December. So since I graduated, they've all been on deferment. So yeah, they've been kind of like sitting, which I don't love, but at least during that time, I've been able to build up my savings. So things like when that air conditioner comes to pass, I'm, I'm guaranteeing it's going to break sometime in the future. So I'm <laughs> 36 years old, <laughs> older than I. <laughs> so in terms of your short-term goals, you have starting to, to really focus on the student loan, setting aside money for an air conditioner or other emergencies that pop up. Are there any other goals you'd like to accomplish in the next several years? Yes. So I bought a condo back in 2019. Um, and I love my condo, but being at home all the time during coronavirus kind of made me realize that I have other priorities that maybe don't fit inside a condo anymore. Um, I found that I loved cooking. And then when I found that I loved cooking, I found that I love fresh herbs. And then I'm like, well, why don't I just start gardening? <laughs> so, um, you know, in the future, I'd like to have a small home with a garden. So definitely get outside of condo living and move to like a single family home. So that's something I have in my pipeline, again, probably in my five-year plan. And, and what do you see as the the obstacles when it comes to being able to um, sell your condo by a, by a single family home? Well, the big variable right now, and I think more information will come out about this as time goes on, but I work in a major city or downtown in a major city. Um, and if we're in the office or going back to the office, it's kind of important to be within commutable distance. So I could, you know, I could very easily move out to the country, um, and probably get a great value on a home, but be far away from commuting since that's so up in the air right now as to whether, you know, we ever will go back full-time to the office. That's something that I kind of need to gather some more information on before I make a big decision like that. Obviously, life can happen in unexpected ways, but here's sort of like a known variable that is not going to be known, at least for a few months at least. And so pretty, not that any decision is permanent, but kind of knowing that information can be crucial as to what, what direction, what location you look at. My next question is going to be, what inspired you to share your story with others? Although before I ask that question, I, I, I want to throw out a caveat here as to, so oftentimes when it comes to our podcast, um, individuals will pop up and volunteer to tell their story or they'll have a conversation with a colleague and it'll come out of that. Our situation was a little different because we, we happened to be talking a week ago uh, about a, a new platform that Green Path is or will be soon releasing. And in that conversation, you happen to be sharing a little bit about your, your money situation. And I literally just put you on the spot and said, hey, we do this podcast, want to do it. So it's not like you really had a chance to think about it ahead of time. Um, so when I asked this question, what inspired you to share your story with others? Uh, yeah, just walk me through your reaction in that moment. And, and or if it's something you had ever thought about even before I happened to pose that question. 
Well, you know, it's it's funny because I've known so many people throughout their lives that have struggled with money, struggled with credit, and never really done anything about it. Um, so I was just hoping, like, you know, maybe if I'm out there and just saying my power got shut off, I was $18,000 in credit card debt, I had a car payment, like, all the walls were caving in at me and someone else hears that and be like, oh, gosh, that's my situation, too. Maybe I should do something about it. Um I think then that would be a good thing because I, I can't, it's hard to convey the amount of anxiety I don't have anymore about money. Like it's weird for me to have a balance in a savings account. It's weird for me. Like the fact that I own a condo now is, is still staggering. And I, I bought the condo when I was two years in on my plan. So, um, you know, I see posts on Facebook sometimes about people worried about certain things. And for me, everything's kind of fallen into line as the program has continued. And if someone else can hear a positive message about what the program has done for them, like, I'm, I'm glad I could be that person. What advice would you have for your younger self? Well, and this is cliche, but money doesn't buy happiness. Money buys stuff that will all eventually go back to Goodwill or a landfill. Um, sometimes just that reminder of, material goods or just shopping will not bring happiness. And I, I'd say too, what, what I would say to my younger self is plan. You know, I took a project management class this summer and it was so eye-opening about how you can be strategic about achieving an objective and have all the pieces laid out. So it's, it's funny how, how easy it is to do that, but how hard it is to sit down and actually do it yeah sometimes it takes a lot of mental power to create a plan and but that taking that time pays dividends down down the road when you're you know looking to do something big and you've already have all the the ducks in a row to to achieve your objective aside from calling green path what advice do you have for someone who is experiencing financial stress breathe you know, just breathe um, and be grateful for the little things. Like sometimes I, I go to bed thinking like, wow, I'm just so happy I have heat on. I'm so glad I have food in my fridge. And so I'm just being grateful for those little things that we often overlook that I know that that has gotten me kind of over a lot of humps, you know, as, as things get tougher, you know, as you had to say no to your friends to go out and, and have a night of dining, um, just being grateful for, for the things that you do have and the people you have in your life. I will say that, you know, at first it was very overwhelming and I was able to do the biweekly payments. Cool thing I will say about Green Path is their ability to work for you. Cause I mean, along my journey, there were times where I tripped up and I had to change my payment date or change my payment amount, um, change the frequency, um, but it's, it's not as big of a mountain as it seems. I think that's my, my final take on Green Path and my experience. But yes, I'm very excited to be paid off. And my 18-year-old self like probably would be respecting me a little bit right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Liz, for joining us. Thank you for saying yes when I put you on the spot uh, to share your story here. And I wish you nothing but the best as you complete your program, eventually pay off your student loans and plant that garden. So excited.
love how People's Real Money Stories contain so many helpful, practical tips. I'd like to highlight three tips with my co-host, Omari. Number one, make financial decisions with a long-term view. Asking how a decision can impact you in the future will keep the long-term view in mind. Number two, don't let your pride hold you back. Pride stops many of us from learning more. Ask yourself if your pride is helping or hurting you. Number three, friction can be your friend. Creating friction in how you access your savings accounts can keep you on track with your financial goals. Let's break down and reflect on each tip. Lesson one, make financial decisions with a long-term view. Elizabeth's concerned with how the debt management plan might impact her credit score in the short term, but after reflection, she realized she wasn't making any major purchases anytime soon that would be reliant on her credit. She reasoned that credit didn't have to be her identity. Her debt was holding her back, and ultimately, by finding an option that would put her in the best position to pay off her debt, her other financial goals could eventually be within reach. Yeah, that's totally something that I resonate with. Uh, as a counselor, I remember um, having conversations with clients where I sort of posed the question, what do you value highest at this point in your life? To become debt-free or to have good, pristine credit? Because they don't necessarily, they're not inextricably linked to one another. Uh, and depending on where you are in your life, Having a situation where you may sacrifice a little bit of your credit score to become debt free uh, may be more advantageous because your debt can always your your credit that is can always be improved. Um, but handling that debt and becoming uh, sort of loosing the shackles of being um, over encumbered with debt can can open up a lot of financial flexibility that can offer freedom in a way that uh, is really valuable for someone, especially someone sort of just starting off like Liz. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing to to keep in mind is it, it just becomes two things that may be in conflict with each other in the short term. You know, that's the whole idea in the long term is if you eventually get out of debt in whatever way happens to be the most effective way to do so, it stands to reason. And we've seen this uh, oftentimes with the experience of, of the people that uh, Greenpath helps, the credit will eventually go up uh, everything being equal. Obviously, there's a lot of factors that go into one's credit score, but um, it's, it's something to, to keep in mind there. I wanted to lift up another example of how Liz benefited from having a long-term view. So in her story, Liz described how she is waiting to see how her remote work situation plays out before deciding on where to purchase a home. If she does have to return to working in a downtown office, she wants to make sure she's in a or within a reasonable commutable distance. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is a, a really smart thing to consider. Um, your housing is, is a huge expense, but also your commute as well. I mean, I'm, I'm someone who also works from home, but I, I recognize the extent that my commute was impacting my budget and my spending. Um, so for her to just kind of have in perspective and plan around what that commute looks like, I think is really a really responsible uh, and forward-thinking strategy uh, as she gets closer to attaining that financial freedom that she's looking for. Yeah, and and it's one of those things where I could imagine it's enticing to say, hey, maybe the housing market, depending on, obviously, housing markets vary by region, but let's say she has a good deal on the table. She's identified what she wants. She wants that that space to 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 have her herb garden in her in her case. Um it's tempting, but at the same time, 
she knows there's this unknown variable that soon enough will have more clarity, right? Her her employer is not forever going to be in this limbo of whether or not work is going to be allowed to be continued to be remote or if they eventually expect people back in the office. And so by waiting for that answer, she could kind of fully digest the pros and cons of where she might want to live and, and make her decision appropriately. So um, it's, it's, it's really exciting to, to kind of see a real life example of, of why it's so important to remain patient when it comes to making, especially big decisions like that, for sure. Um, let's take a look at lesson number two. So don't let your pride hold you back. This is something that, that Liz talked about. She confessed that her pride prevented her from taking action initially. When her power got shut off, her pride no longer got in the way, since in her words, it had already crumbled. She later talked about how she eventually got comfortable with being vulnerable with her friends. The simple act of talking about your financial anxiety can help you move past your pride. Definitely. I mean, that's something that we see at Greenpath all the time. It's, it's the reason why we lead with empathy and have that at the, as the core of our approach uh, when, we, when we counsel and coach our clients, recognizing that there is a stigma around uh, having conversations around finance, um, so much so that having any sort of question or any sort of uncertainty on, on what to do or how to solve a problem it's it, it, I've I've observed that a lot of people feel anxiety or they feel fear or they feel like why I should know this. There's something wrong with me because I don't know this. Right. Without really. And sometimes I think we take for granted the extent to which there isn't a lot of really attainable, easily attainable information around finance and how to navigate these problems. Um, so that sense of, you know, feeling embarrassed for not knowing what to do. Um, is is more common than, than than we all is more common than we realize because of how uh, difficult it is to really ascertain what what the the, the true strategies are. So um, when I hear her say that, I'm reminded of my own experiences. I'm reminding of I'm reminded of my experiences that I've had with clients. Recognizing that, like we always say at Green Path, you're not alone, uh, and and our goal is to try to help you understand that. It you you took the words right out of my mouth, right? Is it, it just seems that. When someone has pride getting in the way, I think tied into that is the fact that there's this perception that I'm the only one going through this right now. And I think that's where vulnerability comes into play is not only are you just kind of being your true self, but what you'll find is that'll often unlock in others similar experiences, right? So I can imagine if she, in her case with her friends, talked about her financial anxiety and imagine her friends may have had similar experiences or perhaps could identify with them more. So it, it just kind of opens up that level of communication in, in both directions. So well said. Um, lesson three, friction can be your friend. So Liz talked about how she opened up a savings account at a credit union where in order for her to access her funds, she had to drive there. In this case, the inconvenience protected her from herself. It's normally a good thing, of course, to have instant online access to your money, but it can work against you when it comes to impulsive spending. Ain't that the truth? Um, I can tell you, starting with my own experiences, that playing defense against your own bad habits can sometimes be uh, an important step on that journey towards financial wellness. Um, I mean, I would tell clients, and starting with myself, me being my first client, right? Um, 
to, and it's always harder to do when it's your own your own financial situation. But trying to reflect upon some of the feedback that I've given clients in the past, um, see if you can't set up a savings account that is a separate bank entirely from your checking uh, that would require three or four or five or six extra steps in order for you to transfer funds from one place to another so that you're creating barriers and defense and uh, inconvenience around your financial situation that might actually make it easier for you to accomplish your goal uh, in the event that that goal is saving or uh, maybe trying to cut down on extraneous spending, um, that type of thing. So, So her recognizing the way that friction, inconvenience, and these barriers can actually work to her advantage, I think is a really, really heady play on her part uh, as she kind of starts her journey on uh, attaining that savings and that financial wellness and that debt-free feeling that she's going to go after. Yeah. You know, when I, when I hear, you know, I, I happen to pick out the words friction and, and inconvenience to, to make it seem like it's a negative thing, but what it really is, is intention and design. Um, it, it reminds me of some of the things I'll do on uh, my journey towards trying to eat healthy, where I will spend just significant amounts of time and planning, making meals ahead of time that it seems like, why am I going through all this trouble? Like I'm not even like I'm making a meal like the night before, even though I work from home, right? It's not like I can't make it during the day. But one of the reasons I do this is I know that when the day starts to get busy and the convenience of if my meal is not pre-cooked so that it's just a microwave away, suddenly it's like, uh, it's so much easier to grab the junk food or, or something that's just right there and grabbable at that point. And that really reminds me of what she's trying to, to do in this particular case is just knowing herself and kind of designing around that. Thank you, Omari. I really appreciate your, your insights uh, as we uh, look back to some of the tips coming from Liz's story today. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. Well, that's a wrap for today. Special thanks to Hero for our theme music. A quick request. Would you be willing to share your thoughts about this and future episodes? To complete our audience survey, please see the show notes or visit www.greenpath.com slash real stories and click on the purple Take the Survey button. Here's hoping each of you enjoy your journey of financial wellness as much as your destination. Welcome back, Hero.